Hey, 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 welcome to Novel Finds, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. Hey, it's me, Maggie. And me, Julia. And uh, we have a guest today, and we're chatting from coast to coast to country. Uh, Right. To island? (laughs) To island. People all over America. I'm in the UK. Uh, I'm being really awkward right now. I don't know why. Anyway, um, my... (laughs) I'm really nervous because my best friend is on the podcast today. And no! I'm, really, I'm just really jazzed about it. So everybody give it up for Elise Tollefson. Hello. Bye, mama. <laughs> um, Elise, how are you doing today? I'm so good. It's good. my day off. So oh, nice. you know, this is a lovely way to spend my day. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we're happy that you're joining us on your day off. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, today we're talking about Elise's favorite book, Red Rising by Pierce mm-hmm. Brown. Um, should I just kick us off with a little summary? Definitely. And yeah. then I have some fun facts. Amazing. Okay. Yes. So here's a little summary. Uh, full disclosure, it is from Goodreads because I will be honest, a lot happens in this book and I didn't know what to say. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Here it is. Darrow is a Red, a member of the lowest caste in a color-coded society of the future. Like his fellow Reds, he works all day, believing that he and his people are making the surface of Mars livable for future generations. Yet he spends his life willingly, knowing that his blood and sweat will one day result in a better world for his children. But Darrow and his kind have been betrayed. Soon he discovers that humanity already reached the surface generations ago. Vast cities and sprawling parks spread across the planet. Darrow, and Reds like him, are nothing more than slaves to a decadent ruling class. Inspired by a longing for justice and driven by the memory of a lost love, Darrow sacrifices everything to infiltrate the legendary Institute, a proving ground for the dominant gold caste, where the next generation of humanity's overlords struggle for power. He will be forced to compete for his life and the very future of civilization against the best and most brutal of society's ruling class. There, he will stop at nothing to bring down his enemies, even if it means he has to become one of them to do so. (laughs) I'm so glad you did that. I almost did. (laughs) It felt right. It did. Yeah. (laughs) Very haunting ending. Yeah. It is. When I explained this book to like a couple of people, I would read it in rehearsal and someone would be like, oh, what are you reading? I was like, oh, I'm reading this. And I show them. They're like, what's it about? It's like, uh, I don't know. The Martian meets Divergent and Hunger Games. Yeah. Uh, Meets Ready Player One Mm -hmm. meets Capture the Flag. I always said it was like Hunger Games in space. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That is good. But yes, um, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So are we ready for some fun facts? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm so yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, so the first one, Pierce Brown, who's the author, wrote books in five years and received more than 100 rejections in return. He was 22 and about to quit writing when he read Antigone, saw Mars in the Sky, and had an idea and wrote Red Rising in two months. Okay, what? I just want to make, I I just want to say this. He mm-hmm. was 22 and about to quit, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Like, uh, yeah. you were not even that far in life. I, a little like, more 22. <laughs> that is really funny. Uh, obviously, if I'm not an, a success by 22, you should just quit. Find find a different job, obviously. Um, yeah. Anyway, so he was working for the NBC page program, which Whoa. makes me just think of Whoa. Kenneth in yeah. 30 Rock. Like, he was doing <laughs> yeah. Kenneth's job uh, in Burbank, California, and <laughs> living in his former poli-sci professor's garage when he sold Red Rising in 2012. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations so on- to him. <laughs> he was doing a lot of stuff. He was probably very low when he wanted to quit because that's about the same time, right? He wrote Red Rising and then sold it in 2012, but he was living in a garage and working yeah. as Kenneth the Page. And I mean, I hear the Page wow. program is genuinely insane. Like they work 50, 60 hour weeks. And yeah. in California, when you also have to commute four hours a day, Yikes. I'm sure he was exhausted. I mean, if he was living in Burbank, 
It might That's not fair. have been that much of a commute. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but my third fun fact is really more subjective than anything. But Pierce Brown is super hot. <laughs> okay. Julia said this to me. And I said, yeah, totally. And then um, <laughs> and then Alex was like, is he? And I was like, I don't actually really know. And then I looked at his picture for a long time. And I was like, like, his face is good. But his eyes are kind of scary. No, they're scary. Not. They're really piercing. Well, piercing. That was such a lame joke. Oh, my okay. God. Um, I'll be here all day. <laughs> I think we can end the episode now. Yeah. Right. Just cut it. Uh, <laughs> no i think he's like very he's a very attractive person he's a handsome fella yeah yeah no i i agree i just think his eyes are really intense you need Something a softer eye i need a softer eye that's you all i'm asking the puppy that's dog eyes yeah that's what that's what it is okay wait julia what? is that your last fun fact that was my last fun fact okay i have another fun fact mm. do you mind if i if i jump on board in your no, go for it. Okay. They are turning Red Rising into a board game. Wow. This yes. actually is pretty solid for a board game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it already came out, right? I might be wrong on that. It might have already come out. I saw something and the year said 2021, but I couldn't quite understand if they had picked it up to be a board game in 2021 or if it already mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. They definitely let some of the art out from it. Okay, very that cool. That I do know, but I don't know if it came out, came out, because if it is out, I need to get one. Yeah, honestly, amazing board game. Yeah. Well, that actually kind of leads into our first question. <laughs> what house do you think you would be chosen to be in if you were a gold in Red Rising? That's you, Elise. Do you, do you want me to name I'm the houses? I'm thinking. No, I, I have the houses. I mean, you okay. can if you want to for the listeners. Sure. Oh, oh okay. Yes. So all of the golds get sorted into different or like chosen for different houses, not sorted, but sort of sorted. Um, And so we have House Apollo, House Ceres, House Diana, House Juno, House Jupiter, House Mars, and House Minerva. And then there's also Unknown House, but we're going to leave it with those seven. Nice. Yeah, it's a lot of houses. It is a lot lot. of houses. They're essentially, because it's not like they're sorted like a sorting hat situation, but they're drafted like fantasy football. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like they take these tests and then they have scores and then the leaders of the house get to choose whether or not you are in their house. Yes. I think that I would be house Diana. Yeah. Just because they're all about like living with nature and element of surprise and all that good stuff. And I feel like that's very me. But I'll get into another one later. But that's my main answer. Okay. Julia, what about you? Uh, I don't know. Probably House Minerva. They seem more of the heady intellectuals sort of like people. But I'm also like really bad at uh strategizing so i don't know i probably wouldn't be chosen to be there because they seem like they're very big on strategy yeah yeah i I mean the whole thing is strategy i would die really soon in this game but I would. I, you just gotta hope that you're in like Darrow's crew or something. Yeah, like someone just feels bad and adopts me into their group, and I just go along with. Just let me That's follow you. You, you just need really, a leader. Honestly. I cannot strategize. I don't have like the. I have the end game. I just don't know how to get there. Sort of mentality. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's fine. What house <laughs> would you be in, Maggie? Um, I would also say House Minerva. Because I feel like if I was playing this game, I would be thinking more about strategy and be more on like making the plan side and not the carrying out the plan. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't be on the front lines mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. Would you adopt me into your group? Julia, Please. I would so adopt you into my group. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, no question. You can join me. Yay. So, Elise, (laughs) how did you come across Red Rising? I came across it. So I work at one of the Broadway shows as a dresser. And this book was circulating for months. 
And every single person you spoke to was like, you have to read this. You have to read this. And I popped in and was like, what's this book? This was like after everybody's already finished the full series. And they were like, out of all humans, how did you not find this as we were reading it all? So I just like someone threw the book at me. And that was the end of that. Like literally threw it at you? I'm pretty sure someone literally threw it at me (laughs) in a loving way. But definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I just got lucky. Nice. That's great. And what is it about this book that made it become a favorite for you? (laughs) okay so i'm gonna be completely honest with you guys you guys are the only reason i know anything about books um i'm not really the type of person who can sit down with any book and have a good time like it has to really hit me in a special way and that's a very rare thing for me for whatever reason um but I'm like, I'm, I like the, the grittier kind of more intense stories of the underdog rising to the top. That's just like anything like that, like Hunger Games, Red Rising, all of those and like that grouping, the umbrella mm-hmm. are my jam. So I just yeah. became obsessed with it because of that. Just spoke to my heart. That makes sense. I think yeah, like the dystopian sci-fi is such a genre from our generation. Mm-hmm. Like. I, I, I'm sure that new ones are constantly made for young adults, but I feel like we grew up with like the best one, ready player one, divergent hunger games. Like we grew up with them. So I just feel like every time I read a similar story, I'm like, Oh, this is, this is it. This is literature. Like it's what (laughs) I loved when I was in high school. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. 100%. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Do you have um, a favorite line or section that you want to share? I do, I don't have a favorite line. Pretty much anything Severo says <laughs> is my favorite line. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I think my favorite section of the book, though, if anybody's following along, it's chapter 38, page 321. Oh, but it's when, just in case anybody was wondering. Um, but it's the when Apollo comes down to the camp, when everybody's kind of separated into, you know, Darrow's new squad mm-hmm. um, and he comes down and he puts the bubble around them and he's, you know, just Severo is secretly in the back running mm-hmm. his own little mission. And so Apollo was- just gets so screwed over and it's glorious and hilarious. And I'm like, that is, if I were to run a mission during that game, that would be mine. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I, it's so epic. I love love Severo's character journey in this book because you meet him and he has the same energy as like the kid from the Polar Express with like the glasses you know what a comparison and you're like okay no but when you first meet him you're like okay he's gonna be like the really annoying geeky guy who for some reason is here but he immediately turns that around immediately goes feral yeah like immediately i you get a different impression of him and it's like a complete 180 and then i was thinking to myself okay what is this guy's deal i cannot get a read on him for the (laughs) life of me Mm -hmm. and then i just really fell in love with him um i love a really like loyal good friend character and he Mm -hmm. was really really smart and constantly surprising me like i feel like um, I have obviously I haven't finished the trilogy, but I feel like I still have more to learn about him potentially. Oh, you do, girl. Okay. I oh, figured. you do. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh you God. do. <laughs> I really, really loved that his nickname is Goblin. I was yeah! like, all right, this is my person right here. Oh. I will follow him until the end. I knew I you would like love he's, that. He's really yeah. the star of the story. Definitely. I mean, he excels with being in the background he utilizes that he's such a small person and that people underestimate him because he's small maybe that's something i don't know about you guys i don't want to speak for you but as a female i'm like oh that sounds super familiar to my life Mm, of people underestimating me because i'm this small petite human i think so (laughs) and and i i think especially because I thought it was interesting because Pierce Brown wrote such dynamic female characters, mm-hmm. but a lot of the time they served to help Darrow as opposed to like existing by themselves until the very end. But I think Severo mm-hmm. almost took that place. Like 
he's a guy, but he was like the underdog in a way that Darrow wasn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. For sure. Well, that and and he and Darrow worked. I mean, more as a team. I feel like they were more on equal footing as a team. Whereas I think Darrow, not that he thought less of the females that were helping him because he absolutely didn't, Mm -hmm. but I think it was just a different dynamic because there's always, you know, romance on the table. Right. That was something that he was constantly battling with throughout the book. Whereas he didn't worry about that with Severo. He was just like, you go go hide in these carcasses and then pop out. Right. You got this, right? Yeah. That was my second favorite part of the book. I would have to say. <laughs> it was terrifying and disgusting. It's so gross. It's so cool. <laughs> it was mostly disgusting, like the way that they would describe some of the gorier scenes. Yeah. You would just be like, oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah. Like I can still hear them in my head. Like they oh. describe them. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Julia. Do you have a favorite line or section that you want to share? Yes. So Severo slash Goblin is obviously my favorite character. But then (laughs) Roke, who is the poet, is my second favorite character. And um, when they start doing the game, he says something. Because, like, he is very heady. He's a poet. Um, So he said, not all men can understand metaphor and subtlety like me, but do not fear muscular friends. I will be here to guide you through the mind-bending things. (laughs) I was just like, good. That's excellent. What a man. (laughs) Vaguely shady. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I was like, oh, that's excellent. Uh, Just stuff like that made me laugh because there's a lot of that throughout just commenting on how big they are and <laughs> yeah uh, it's just funny what about you maggie um okay so i just have a little line that i want to share with the class um and it's just a line that made me chuckle um and it is basically spoiler alert everyone um things have been going really rough and then darrow and his lady friend mustang have decided that they are going to team up with all of the underdogs who have been on the outskirts and they're going to create their own army to take down everybody. And uh, Darrow just made this speech about being blood brothers. And then she goes, and what was that about blood brothers? That means absolutely nothing. You might as well have said you were pinecone cousins. (laughs) (laughs) That really made me laugh. I remember that. That, that got me too. I forgot about that one. That's a gem. Uh, <laughs> anyway, thought I'd share that. That's excellent. Oh my gosh. She's a sassafras. She's, she is. So sassy. She's 100% my favorite character. She's She just cracked me up the whole time. Even when she was like in the depths of despair and dying, she still was constantly sassing Darrow. And I really appreciated <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, sass is the best coping mechanism, right? I agree. <laughs> you, that's how I live my life. <laughs> it's how I get through each day. Honestly. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like the language of New York. <laughs> Truly. Oh, that is true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you guys have a favorite character pairing in the book? Mm. Or, I mean, just a favorite character. I feel like we went over fair favorite characters, but there's a lot of different dynamics and pairings that happen throughout the book. Do you have a favorite? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, my favorite character is definitely Mustang. I just felt like she was such a good dynamic female character. Like she was funny and silly, but she was also really, really clever and knew her plan in the game the entire time. Favorite pairing, I, I would have to say it's it's Darrow and Severo. I, I constantly wanted to, mm-hmm. to team them up. The second they got together um, in the game, it, and everything they did together was so interesting to me. I agree. Yep. <laughs> For nice. sure. We did it. <laughs> Great. Can you guys? I'm having a hard time because I, Julia, have you watched or watched, <laughs> read all of the books? No, I've only read the first one. Oh, this is intriguing. I'm trying to like eliminate the things from future books out of my head because I'm like, oh, that's so hard. If I only read the first one, who is my favorite character? Because it mm-hmm. changes. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite from the first book would be Mustang, though. Yeah. 
I think I'm with you on that. She's but the great. Howlers, just the Howler family is my fave. Yeah. So without Grouping. spoiling, uh, who? who are your other favorite characters? Have if we met? Yeah. If we've seen them already, who grows into your other favorite character? So Mustang is my original favorite, and then Severo grows into my absolute favorite. Amazing. Yes. I can really see that that so happening. Nice. I'm excited to keep reading about yeah. Yeah. journey. Ooh. Slash, uh, I can never say it right. Fitchner. Oh yeah, right. He's my other favorite long-term character. That is amazing. Uh, whenever he I saw his me name, Amitch, so he, much. Yes, one thousand percent. He's like yep. really sitting in the role of old man mentor. Mm-hmm. Crotchety old man mentor. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He also have you guys um, read the book The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle? No, no, but okay. I've seen it. Um, so basically, what one of the things that happens is this in this book is every single day this guy wakes up in a different body of a party guest trying to figure out who murdered this woman. Well, that and sounds cool. He wakes up with his mentor basically who is dressed in a costume and is basically like, here's what you need to do today. I'm mysterious. And then he leaves. And then as you continue the book, he pops in and out every so often. And their relationship, the main guy in that and the mentor in Evelyn Hardcastle and Darrow and Fitchner um, is literally the same. Their dynamic is 1000% the same. And I couldn't stop thinking about how funny that was. Anyway. That sounds good. Pick up that book. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yes, I think mm-hmm. they're also turning it into a TV show, which I have to say will be amazing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, if you guys could experience something in this book, what would it be and why? I don't think I want to experience any of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe. I would like to experience Darrow's original life mm-hmm. with like Underneath his family. Mars? Well, just like that family dynamic and like the love that's in the family. Cause the rest, I mean, out of all of it, that's kind of the best part so far. That's the happiest part. You know, when they're dancing yeah. together and they're just happy, they're, they're joyful about being alive. They're so yep. present with one another. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of it scares me. Yeah. The rest that's of it is fair. horrifying. I, so I really liked, Okay, I'll give you I'll give you the moment where I'm forgetting her name, but his, Darrow's wife takes him to the garden. Yeah, Eo. I think that, Eo. E, yeah, is it Eo or Io? I thought it was Io. I don't know. Oh. It was the letter E and then O. And every time I saw it, I would do the Wally thing. Eo. Anyway, oh, was it an E? <laughs> now I'm just questioning everything about my memory. Um, <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> I have the book right here. Yeah, perfect. Yes, it is E-O. Okay. okay. She beat me to it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the garden, I think that imagery was really pretty. Mm -hmm. It's just devastating what happens after that. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I was questioning it. I was like, but it's so like rude. I don't know. Rude isn't the right word. And submissive isn't the right word. But they're forced to submit and... Yeah, I think it's hard to to like some of the things that happen in that moment because it leads to so much tragedy. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Do you have another moment that you really like once Darrow becomes a gold? Yeah, you, Julia. Julia Child. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've had that one before. <laughs> Side fact, I had to play Julia Child once for like a company. And no. I did a garbage job at it. Because, yeah, no. please. Just a tiny one. Just a nibble. I just told you I was garbage at it. Like they didn't give me a costume. I had to figure it out on my own. And then it was also in one of those uh like baseball the boxes that people go into like the fancy rich people and so they just had a julia child impersonator that didn't look anything like julia child and just kind of stood there it was it was not great um did you get paid for this i think so i hope so i don't remember i was just bored one saturday afternoon i showed up hello 
that's amazing. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so I think after he got turned into a gold, one of my favorite parts was the choosing process. Just because, I mean, they were all in weird cubes set up in a wall and then people would rise up look at their stats and, and leave and like do all this this crazy stuff um i just thought that was really interesting yeah i always like stuff like that it's like um i don't know why i love it when um people in books get their results mm-hmm. like mm, where did you land in the competition because <laughs> you're gonna a find out yeah i know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Okay, look, it's like in Divergent, one of the best parts is when she gets her results. Okay, I, yeah, I don't and, know why. and like the choosing when she chooses, and then like all of the different tests that she has to do and how she ranks. Like it's it's cool. I love it. I love it. I love it. In Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, when Harry Potter finds out what jobs he can have, I love that part. Okay. Right. When they get their owls yes. and they get their results for all of these big exams and you're just like, oh, how many did Hermione get? It's so exciting. <laughs> this is so telling of your personality. <laughs> I, I love Wait, it. You guys, this episode is all over the place, but I have to tell you, <laughs> I finally took the Pottermore quiz. I do. I've never taken it. Ever. Is that the what one where they you? give you the Officially. different percentages? No. The percentage one? No. no. Pottermore isn't the percentage one, but uh, the percentage one is really cool. Yeah, that um, one is really cool. I've but taken Potter- Pottermore is just one house. The main. Yeah. Aha, I'm intrigued. I got Gryffindor. Yeah. I up, know. Gryffindor? Yeah. I'm surprised by that. Me too. But the results do not lie. And I mean, I guess I can see it. I think, okay, first of all, Julia's a Slytherin, so she's required to be rude to me. Oh, I see. But to be fair, I think we have to not think about the Harry Potter of the Gryffindor and more like the Hermione. Okay. You're very Hermione. That I can see. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, that's fair. I think it's mostly because... I looked back at my answers and I was like, why did I get this? And I think it's the only reason I got it is because one question was like, what would you do if you came up against a troll? And I was like, push my friend out of the way. Hide in the bathroom. Exactly. See, Julia. (laughs) Hide in the bathroom. (laughs) Julia would allow everyone to die to save herself. I'm kidding. I would not. You take that back. I just Gosh, never If I did defeat it, though, I would take the credit for it. <laughs> yes, that is true. If I did the work, I'm taking the credit. I mean, I think that's fair. I think so, too. Always yeah. the leader of group work because no one else did stuff in group work. Oh, man. Ooh. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's talk about the romance in this book. Few, few love scenes. Not love scenes. Few romances. Uh, mm-hmm. How spicy would you guys say this book was? I wouldn't say this book is spicy. No. I would agree. No. I mean, it's always a question that I like to ask because, you know, sometimes people are like, well, if there's a ton of like sex in it, I don't really want to read it. Some people just aren't like that. Um, Which is but no. valid. Whatever people so want. So this to- is a book for you. If you don't want a ton of sex, there, I don't think there is any. Maybe yeah, one. No, there isn't. There's no. not. They None. talk about things. In a crude manner, sometimes, mm-hmm. but there are there's nothing that happens. Right. This is not Bridgerton. No. By um, any means. You know, it all leads up to a kiss. So mm-hmm. it's very Disney. Yeah. In that sense. Very, very young adult. Love it. Only in that sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not very spicy. No. Which I kind of appreciated because I feel like a lot of the times when they have female and male characters get close all of a sudden it's like that's the only thing they talk about well there's also so much going on like you don't even need to add like it makes sense that you're that the characters aren't even thinking about sex at that point because they have to worry about how to survive yeah (laughs) first step survive sex is a secondary thing you gotta figure everything else out first it's like maslow's hierarchy of needs uh Mm -hmm. sex is really low on that list Mm mm-hmm they need yes. food, they need sleep versus like hypothermia and yeah. fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so there's not any sex in this, but there are a ton of antagonists. Let's talk mm-hmm. about them. 
Who do you want to start with? Oh my gosh. I don't even know where to start because I feel like there are so many and they're constantly cycling through. It's one of the things Mm -hmm. that I thought was so interesting about this book is that I felt like they were constantly introducing new characters, but it wouldn't be like, here's Mm -hmm. a really long character description about this new character. They would just be in the book all of a sudden. And I kind of liked that because I felt like it really made it clear how quickly people were coming in and out Mm -hmm. of Darrow's life. Um, Honestly, I know that um, Jackal, who's one of the, what would you call them? The people fighting for the prize in this game. Yes. um, Is sort of like the mysterious big bad because he's like the the other. Right. He's he's the equivalent of Darrow, but on a different team. Yes. But mm-hmm. for me, sort of the biggest antagonist ended up being um, Cassius. Is that yeah, I, I was, yeah. I think I was saying Cassius, yeah. but yes, oh. <laughs> I like that <laughs> um, because I knew he would end up playing a role in Darrow's outcome, and I just mm-hmm. didn't know what it would be. And he had such. Mm-hmm. He honestly had such a scary personality to me because he was so uh, vengeful and really, really intense at the drop of a hat. Like if you made him angry, he would completely flip on you. And um, spoiler alert, Darrow is part of their process. They are woken up in the middle of the night, every single person um, in this game, and they're put in a room with just one other person and they have to fight to the death. And Darrow kills Cassius's younger brother. And he doesn't tell Cassius. And Cassius ends up thinking it's somebody else. But you just know that it's going to come out at some point. It's just hanging over mm-hmm. their front mm-hmm. the entire time. And that was genuinely the most stressful part for me. It was incredibly stressful. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. So I was just like, you can't get close. You guys can't get close because mm-hmm. something's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, But yeah, that was rough. I would say... That, yeah, probably Apollo and who is the other one? Who is the one they were working with together? Not he, Jupiter. Not Was it Jupiter? Apollo yeah. and Jupiter because he's in Mars. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I thought they were really annoying personally. Like, as far as antagonists go, Cassius was definitely the most threatening But I think, like, because Apollo and Jupiter were, like, supposed to just be watching and observing Mm -hmm. the game, but then instead they started inserting themselves into it and causing mayhem because they didn't like what Darrow was doing, I thought that was complete baloney. I did not like that. It was like, you are completely going against the game you've been doing forever. Mm -hmm. Stop that. And just, just... I was getting very frustrated with people that were breaking the rules of their own game. Yeah, it's rude. I didn't even think about that, but I'm such a goody two-shoes that I love that answer. Because I'm like, yeah, how dare you? Yeah. Honestly, like, no, how dare they? Go back to watching. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you guys are grown-ups and you're breaking right, the rules. Right, that too. These kids are like teenagers and you're getting upset because they're winning your game. Like, Stop. Yeah, I'm just being petty a holes at this point. Yeah, what about, what about you, Elise? <laughs> now I'm hyped up about them. <laughs> I was gonna say Cassius just because he's it's just that looming, yeah, like, mm-hmm. what the my, psychological terror there. It's just like a yeah. looming dagger that you don't know when it's gonna drop it mm-hmm. at all, ever. Um, but yeah, those those proctors are jerks, they are, they are. Fitchner would mm-hmm. constantly be like, this isn't what I want to be doing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> then go do the other thing. Like, what is stopping you, Fitchner? Right. <laughs> Sir, then apply what for is? a race. I don't know. <laughs> oh, if you only knew. Oh, Please tell man. me when you read the next books. I okay. <laughs> you guys are killing me right now. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you not spoiling the next one. I will ones. never spoil because it's too good to spoil. <laughs> oh, it's too good. Is this book a movie slash TV show? I do not believe so. I'm so excited about this. It is, it was, it's supposed to be turned into a TV show. It got paused. I don't know if they're like still 
moving towards that, but it's supposed to be like TV, MA, Game of Thrones, dark, mm. not kid friendly kind of vibe. So they're like really going for what it's actually meant to be like, which I think is amazing. And shout out Pierce Brown. I am fully available to do that. Yes. Hashtag, hashtag Mustang. <laughs> I, I thought you were just going to leave it at hashtag Pierce Brown. I'm fully available. Hashtag, hashtag no. Pierce fully available. <laughs> Elise, you would be so good. Oh, that would be excellent. Listen, I got the weapons. I got the horse ride, horseback riding. I have blonde hair. So like, let's do this. Start Let's the campaign this. now, right Could here. Novel Finds podcast. Elise okay. Tolifson as Mustang. As Mustang. We'll start the hashtag. We'll get we'll get yes. you out there. Thank you so what, much. What guys. would the hashtag be? It needs to be something clever. Okay. I know. Um, Not just Elise for Mustang. <laughs> Elise is Mustang. Elise, I just keep thinking mustard, and I just imagine <laughs> myself covered in mustard. Oh no! Oh no! It's summer. Uh, so the mm-hmm. mustard's gonna help. I don't know. <laughs> Elise Dang. Elise Dang. We'll work on it. We'll work. Right, we're on gonna it. have to work on we'll it. Work it. <laughs> or let us know if you think of anything better than any of those. <laughs> if you have genuinely any recommendation, because any of them would be better. Um, yes. <laughs> Drop us a line. I Let's worked get really Elise hard on that, that guys. Oh, Julia, I'm sorry. <laughs> I spent a whole five seconds on that. You just ripped it down. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you no, guys. No, it's fine. <laughs> All right. Moving okay. on. Moving <laughs> on. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Elise, do you have any headcanons or theories about I- this book? I do not. I went on to Reddit where everything happens and I was like, maybe I'll find some inspiration because my brain mm-hmm. just doesn't think of that kind of stuff. And I didn't find a single one that I agree with. So, <laughs> all right. But there's a lot of interesting stuff on there. There's, yeah. I think someone said that like maybe Severo is actually trans and they just don't mention it in the book. There's like all kinds of stuff out there, but I didn't have time to do a full hey. deep dive in yeah. that, nice. that ocean. Yeah, I think I always struggle to come up with them. Julia always says a headcanon, and I'm like, oh, honestly, I just agree. Depends (laughs) on the book. Sometimes they don't have headcanons, but I feel like this one would be rife with with that sort of thing. Yeah. Just because there's so much going on. I would love to hear a headcanon if you have one, Julia. But also, what do you think is going to happen in the next book? What do I think is going to happen? Oh no. Good question. Uh remind me. So I read this like a month and a half ago. Remind me the ending. Spoilers. This is spoilers, guys. They, yeah, hardcore spoilers. Spoiler City. Spoiler they city. go up to the the Proctor's Olympus yes. Sky yes. Mountain thing and take and over. They, yeah, that's really then, cool. Right. And then Augustus comes and says, Hey Darrow, be my Dude. Uh, yes and darrow says sure sure yeah. and that's that. i think he literally says sure fine i think, I think right? he, he thinks about it and he's like sure yeah uh, okay. <laughs> um okay so the next one i'm gonna say probably takes place at augustus's residence slash work and hopefully we see more of like the underground aries group like now that he's out of the game he Mm -hmm. can have like some sort of connection with them again and then i'm hoping he burns shit to the ground by the end of the book nice that's that's my guess yeah it will be tough for there to be a third if he burns it all down there are five (laughs) books okay seven wait i thought there were only three (laughs) oh no 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 there's only three on the back of this one there's three and then four and five came out and then now i think he's doing a six and seven or at least a six okay well they could go an ender's game route where he burns shit to the ground and then goes to different planets and helps them burn shit to the ground possible well that they didn't do that in ender's game he went and found the aliens and like lived peacefully with them but i think i only read the first book i know i don't i only saw the movie so you should read the book it's pretty good yeah maybe i will it's a fun read yeah Mm -hmm. maggie what do you think Uh, 
Tough call. Tough call. I think it will be, in terms of like dystopian, I think it will be less catching fire and more like insurgent and scorch trials. If you guys read Maze Runner, where mm-hmm. it's a lot of like meeting new people and learning more about a part of the world that we still haven't really gotten to know um, with like all of the politics and the golds. And then I imagine there's going to be a great betrayal. And I imagine there's going to be a moment where Darrow thinks maybe the golds are onto something and then he's not sure what to do. That's okay. What I mean, your sounds okay. <laughs> probably like it would be more likely to happen than mine is. Julius is like, burn it to the ground. Burn it down. <laughs> All of it. Who needs it? Wait, can I ask you guys a question? Sure. sure. Who do you think Aries is? Do you have any ideas? Um, I briefly thought it could be Fitchner. Mm. Just because okay. he doesn't seem to care for golds and he isn't happy with his position. Um, and he is smarter than he lets on to be. And you mm-hmm. see that at, at a couple of points. So I, I thought it might be Fitchner. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think if I'm being totally honest, we don't know enough about Darrow's dad. Ever since they said that he was dead, I just feel like this is the type of book to be like, he's not really dead. Ha ha. We tricked you the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know for sure if he's really dead, I'm going to feel super stupid, but I feel like he's going to come back. I don't know necessarily if he's Aries, but that is my guess for now. Interesting. I also constantly go back and forth as to whether EO is actually dead or not. But I mean, she was Mm. buried in the ground, wasn't he? But so was Darrow. Darrow was also buried. Right. But Darrow actually, graphic moment, everybody, skip if you don't want to hear, he pulled her feet. He like yeah, but feet. his his feet were pulled too, weren't they? I, I mean, technically so. yes, yeah, but not really. Oh, okay. His uncle was like, "Have these?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. You're alive, Walk it son. Walk it off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you never know. With these types of know. books, you really never know. Yeah. Anything could happen. Stuff could just come out of the woodworks. Truth. What if it's Severo? What if he's actually Aries? <laughs> he wouldn't. <laughs> he's too young. That would be weird. At least. That would be weird. But <laughs> well, Fitchner, we're not doing anything. Fitchner could be. And then passing on the torch to our little goblin friend. Just a thought. Just I'll a thought. Out. Well, um, ladies, if you could be a character in this book, who would you be and why? Goblin. I know. Uh, yes. I I can't choose. (laughs) It's either Goblin or Mustang. Yeah, that's fair. Can I be like, if they have a baby, can I be that kid? Definitely. Great. Cool. Love that energy for you. Yeah, right? What would would the name be? What do you think they would name their kid? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Bad at this game. (laughs) Tulip, maybe? No. They all have weird names. Just roll with it. Tulip. No. Like Gulip. Oh. <laughs> Something Greek and cool. I, no, I, guess I met a kid once whose name was Me- Mephistopheles. What? That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That is cool. That, but also that's the name. tricky. Mm-hmm. What would be mm. his nickname? Like Mephi? That's how he- he had had a nickname and i don't remember what it was because once he told me that his name was mephistopheles i just started calling him by his full name because it was cool that makes sense yeah i would i always get that name that's cool as heck what character would you be maggie i don't really know i mean mustang is my favorite so probably her but also in lieu of like the tv show who do i want to get cast as you know me, I love a small bit role, so maybe the mom. One of the proctors. Yeah. Wait, who is who is um who's the girl, the sweet girl who gets killed? Sorry, spoiler, gets killed towards the beginning that Roke is in <gasps> yeah. love with. What's her name? That's a nice little bit part. That's a good bit part. I could be her. I forget her name. There's so many characters. It starts with there an S, I think. Of characters. 
<laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell you. There are so many characters, it's really hard to keep track. But she's a good one, too. I love a tiny role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to get back yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well do uh, we have any final thoughts about Red Rising, about the series? Read it. <laughs> <laughs> read it. Read in, our it. Ba- in our Batman voices. <laughs> I don't know. Read it. Read it. <laughs> um, genuinely, though, read it. I think it's really, really well written. The writing reminds me so much of Ready Player One meets Hunger Games, like specifically just in the writing because it's so much description, but it's written so like, this is what's happening, just Mm -hmm. so you know. Um, And I love the characters. I think it's like a really, really interesting character study. Like, what would you do if you grew up with a ton of wealth and then all of a sudden you're put in a life or death situation? Very Lord of the Flies. Mm -hmm. I loved it and I'm excited to keep reading. Yeah. So what recommendations do we have for people (laughs) if they've already read this? Can it be something that's not related to this genre? Sure. Of course it can be whatever you want it to be. (laughs) Dream big kids. I have two (laughs) that I love. And one is, have you guys read The Night Tiger? No. No. Okay. It's The Night Tiger. I'm going to butcher this name. So I I super apologize. Yang Chu. So beautiful. I read it when I was on a vacation and I could not put it down. It's beautifully mm. written. It is, I'm going to read the little blurb, an utterly transporting novel set in the 1930s colonial Malaysia, a world of servants and masters, age-old superstition and modern idealism, sibling rivalry and forbidden love. Great law book. That is amazing. We have that one. And then we have, this is Ashley's War. And written by, oh gosh, gonna butcher this too, Gail Zima Clemen. Um, but it's the untold story of a team of women soldiers on the special ops battlefield. And this is a true story about some mm. amazing, super talented uh, woman named Ashley, who is part of that first female army special ops group. That's amazing. I love. Love. I I don't read a ton of nonfiction, but I love a historical fiction about women in battle or like mm-hmm. working as spies. If it's mm-hmm. too early for them to like be a part of the war or going undercover, I I I am a sucker for any story about that. Same as these. Julia, do you have any book recommendations related I or do. not? I have two book recommendations, and they are semi-related uh they're related in that um they also have to do with uprisings coming from Mm. an uh an underdog so the first Mm. one i have recommended before but i will continue until the day that i die uh mistborn by brandon sanderson it is sorry what's that mistborn by brandon sanderson Okay, can you spell that mind. out for me really slow? I'm just kidding. <laughs> JK, JK. <laughs> We're joking. I was about here. to spell something else for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it is about this young woman who is recruited into a group, like a crew, who is trying to take down the the ruler of their their country and it's very good and there's a lot of fantasy stuff in it and it's excellent and i can just never recommend it enough and then the other one is called spellbreaker and this Mm. is by charlie n holmberg and she's really cool so this book spellbreaker it's a duology i believe and it is more of a magical realism it is set in I want to say like an Edwardian time frame ish. They have like older clothes, but there are two types of people. Well, three types because there's regular people. But then we have um, spell breakers and spell makers. And so if you are a spell maker, there are different areas that you can focus on and you have to like 
go to this academy and anything that you do is just like recorded because they, they want to keep a record of everything of everyone that is a spell maker. And then there's spell breakers who are more rare and they also need to be recorded. But our main character, Elsie, is a, a non-recorded spellbreaker. And so she is like recruited by this group that she doesn't even know. They just send her letters to do stuff um, to break like these different spells. And so she goes and does it and they give her money and she just lives her life. And then she suddenly finds out that she might not be working for the good guys. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so interesting. It's very cool. Um, and it's that. a pretty quick read. So I would definitely recommend that one as well. Amazing. Great. Yeah, mm-hmm. that does sound great. Yeah. 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 Um, what about you, Maggie? What yes. are you recommending? Thank you for asking me. Um, I, <laughs> I'm definitely recommending Hunger Games, which I'm sure you've already read, everybody in the universe, <laughs> and Maze Runner. Maze Runner really feels like the YA version of this story um Mm -hmm. i i loved that first book the rest of them i kind of thought were okay i felt like the plot went a little bit off the rails but that first one really stuck with me i absolutely loved it um and then i'm also recommending the atlas six um it's a kind of it's a new it's a slightly newer book i think it came out maybe one or two years ago and Mm. it is about six magicians and they're all different types of magicians so like magic of the mind magic of earth magic of speech or like different like they can manipulate something else and they have to work together um and it's they're basically like phd students and they get to live in this magical house and basically their job is to protect it but throughout the one year they are told that only five of them will make it and then they slowly realize that only five of them will make it because the other five have to kill one of them as a sacrifice. And it's like them forming alliances and figuring out what they're going to do. It's really intense and really good. I could not put it down. Cool. I've got that. I haven't read it yet, though. Wait, Julia, what was it called again? Um, the Atlas Six. Atlas Six. Yeah. Really recommend that one. Yeah. Well, excellent. By golly, geez. <laughs> Sorry, I said that. Um, <laughs> never <laughs> never sorry um uh, i guess we're at the very very end we, we heck and did it you guys thank you yes. so much for listening yeah if you like what you heard share us with your other bookish friends and family members and if you're listening with spotify or apple podcasts be sure to rate and review the show we are off to record our newest mini-sode for Patreon, and if you're interested in joining our Novel Finds community on Patreon, follow the link in our bio. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Novel Finds Podcast. Thanks for being a novel friend. We'll see y'all next week. And a huge thank you to Elise for being here. Yeah! Thank you, Elise. Thank you! Bye! 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 Oh, we harmonized. <laughs>